Welcome to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti. My guest this evening is Eric Hammerling, who's the executive director of the Connecticut Forest and Park Association. Hi, buddy. Hey, how great are you? Great to see you. Oh Welcome. My gosh. What a pleasure to be here. It's been a while. It has been. It, it has, has been. been. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for coming back. <laughs> First question, what's new? All right, what's new? There's a lot new. Well, right now, I mean, uh, this is the time that we're in the last 10 days of the legislative session. Yes. And at, at uh, the Connecticut Forest and Park Association, I'm not just the executive director, I'm also our policy director. So spending a lot of time at the Capitol trying to make sure that all of those important uh, funding sources and uh, laws that support forest parks and trails um, are going to be good ones. Nice. Um, that's not the easiest thing to do no, because there are not. so many things on the agenda and it's oh, been yeah. an odd year because um, there's been a lot of federal funding available mm -hmm. and we're, we actually as a state have you know, done a pretty good job. There's some surplus right. funding and you would think with additional funding available, it would be easier to fund the types of things that we would like to see more of. Yeah. But there's actually been more fighting now that there is more funding. Uh, um, and so we're, we're always trying to make sure that things uh, come out okay in the wash. Absolutely. And how are things coming out in the wash so far? So far, okay. Um, I would say that uh, a few bits of good news okay. and some uh, areas where there is room for improvement. All right. Some good news is that uh, one of our favorite programs uh, that we've had to uh, really fight for in the past seems to be in good shape this year, and that's okay. the Passport to the Parks program. That's right. You know, the Passport to the Parks started in 2018 mm -hmm. uh, after, you know, we really uh, lobbied hard for that bill. And what it basically does is it helps to raise money to support state park operations. Yeah. And we all pay when we register our vehicles, you right. know, a $5 per year fee per vehicle. And that adds up to about $20 million that helps to support the park system. Okay. And at the same time, and this is the, I think the best part of the Passport, everyone gets to get into state parks for free. There so no longer do you need to pay at the gates to get in. Um, and it really opens up the state parks for everybody. And in fact, this last year, there were more people who visited state parks than ever before. Over, uh, over 13 million people got out to state parks. So really? it's been very successful and it's an important program and it looks like, uh, and now I, I never wanna you know, say right. it's definite until right. I see it in uh, black and white, but exactly. um, it looks like the Passport to the Parks is going to survive this session and remain intact and continue to do good things for the parks. Absolutely. Um, however, there uh -oh. is, uh, yeah, I know, <laughs> it's uh -oh. like you have the two sides of, of parks. You wanna make sure that you're able to operate them, right. but then uh, there are about a thousand buildings uh, that are on our 110 state parks and state forest lands mm -hmm. that are there for various public purposes. And if you know, if you were a uh, young family going to a state park, for example, the the thing you want to make sure is in good working condition is the bathrooms. Absolutely. Um, and those are the types of things that uh, just get run down over time. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, we're really pleased that Governor Lamont. Uh, 
proposed on Valentine's Day right. at Sherwood Island a big uh, increase in support for state park infrastructure. So okay. paying for the bathhouses and uh, some of the older build buildings that are starting to you know uh, wear down, um, and to make a number of different. Um, improvements like ramps and other ways of making buildings more accessible to mm -hmm. the public. Um, and unfortunately, uh, there was a cut proposed uh, in the legislature a couple weeks ago from the what looked like it was gonna be a really nice increase of $55 million for state park infrastructure. Yeah. Um, they cut it or proposed a cut of 12 and a half million uh, in, the, in the legislature's budget and we're hoping that uh, you know that gets worked out and right. they're able to support the full amount because there is over a $150 million backlog of important projects that need to happen. So right. w w an example of that is at Rocky Neck. Yeah. You've been to that you know, amazing CCC pavilion yep. and structure. Such a cool place, it is. right? You know, you go you go inside and you see all these wood pillars that go back to the 1930s. They took, a, you know, a, a pillar from each of the state parks and forests at the time, and they've labeled them, and they've got this really cool structure. But it was built in the 1930s, right. and it would take, um, they say, about 20 million dollars, uh, or, or actually, I think it's actually 30 million dollars, to do all of the repairs that are uh, required just at Rocky Neck alone. Okay. And so, you know, think about across an entire state park system. That's an awful lot of work that needs to happen. So Absolutely. we want to make sure that uh, that money uh, is restored to as close as what the governor proposed as possible, so that. That, you know we can have safer uh, more accessible state parks absolutely um, and then hmm. there are some always some random things that pop up along the way uh -oh. uh, like you know one thing that we're concerned about is there is a proposal um, uh, at Housatonic Meadows State Park in Sharon okay. Connecticut um, there was a proposal to take not a huge amount of land, about uh, half an acre of that state park, and sell it to uh, you know the, a next door neighbor, okay. without any um, really good description of so what's the public benefit of doing this and um, and how will that land be used? Right. Public lands to us are really important, and I think to a lot of people as mm -hmm. well because. Really, if you think about it, public lands are owned by all of us. Right. So before public lands are sold without any sort of uh, restriction on how they, they are used or any definition of the public benefit, I think we should be skeptical. So that's one of the things that we hope will not make it through uh, this legislative session, but it's okay. potentially going to move, so yeah. we, we, we shall see. Um, and then the, the last thing is also, you know, a little bit of good news. We, um, ha we're always advocating for funding for, you know, the Recreational Trails and Greenways program yeah. because there's an awful lot of people who get outdoors on trails. Uh, and over the last few years, especially during the pandemic, uh, the usage of recreational trails is up tremendously. Yeah. So we want to make sure that there is funding to do all of the improvements necessary to um, make sure that people have access to, to trails. 
and there's also some funding for uh, open space uh, conservation that looks like it's going to be included in the budget. So there are some really good signs of some, some investments. Uh, we, we hope that state parks will come out whole with the state park infrastructure. Um, but overall, you know, some really good stuff. I should mention, Pete, there are two things uh, that we were hoping would uh, get dealt with this year, okay. but it might fall into a next year or future category, and we're oh. gonna keep on pushing on these. All right. So one of them is, uh, you know, when you think about these trails, especially longer trails, they usually uh, cross a lot of different types of land ownerships, you know, state land, municipal land, water company land, mm -hmm. even private land. Right. Um, and to keep those trails connected, takes a lot of management, right? Um, but especially those pieces that go through private land, mm -hmm. they're also the ones that are most vulnerable for a landowner to say either, you know, like, I'm not sure I want a trail on my property anymore, which landowners always have the right to do, or you have a new landowner and they're like, wait, there's a trail on my property? I'm not sure, you know. So we are, we've been trying to find some incentives for landowners to make them want to have a right. trail on their property and keep these uh, long trails connected. Right. And there was a bill that we had some hopes for that was, we actually had a public hearing early in the session and okay. it would have given a tax uh, benefit to uh, a landowner who made a commitment, a long-term commitment to their, mm -hmm. their trail. Um, and that unfortunately didn't make it through the process. Oh, no. So, so we're gonna come back on uh, uh, incentives like that. And we also have been you know, advocating for the last couple of years for uh, you know, some policies around resilient forests um, that we uh, think should be at the top of the agenda for uh, Connecticut. You know, forests are really important. They yeah. provide a lot of benefits to us. Absolutely. Um, and we have to invest in them and have policies that support healthy forests. So there were uh, some proposals that were made um, that never made it into legislation, but we think in 2023, we'll be coming back at that with, with a lot of uh, momentum. So lots of things, Absolutely. Uh, you know, generally some good stuff, a, a few things that we're uh, just hoping in the, in the last uh, 10 days don't go a little haywire. Yeah, right, exactly. I was actually in Brantford the other day coming home from an event. My mom and I came off Route 1. The amount of people that were on the trail at Hammonasset, the Greenway Trail, at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning. Oh my God, holy cow. Right? Isn't Talk that about amazing? utilization. Oh, absolutely. And you know, those trails bring so many people to not just state parks, but to the communities where those parks absolutely. are. So, I mean, I, I would say that, you know, investing in uh, trails that connect com communities like, like that uh, Shoreline Greenway Trail mm -hmm. really is a way to invest in, you know, in people's good health, because you know what people are out there exactly. walking, biking, you know, taking their dogs out, you exactly. know, et cetera. And also, it, there are the economic benefits that mm -hmm. the towns experience because more people are coming. That's that's an, a, you know one of those attractions that people will come. They'll park somewhere. They'll spend some time on the trail, and they'll be like, hmm, I'd love to you know 
get some ice cream or some, you know, let's stop for a beer, or, you yeah, know, whatever. Exactly. All, all of that helps to uh, support local communities. So we think these are important investments for, for a lot of reasons. But, but yeah, like the experience that you saw with that trail, yeah. that's pretty typical, you know, more and more people are Wait even the living, nice. right, well, the, the weather gets nice, and you know, like that's the thing about the spring, um, you know, it's always full of hope, mm -hmm. uh, it's full of people saying, oh yeah, I've been indoors all winter, I want to get back outside Once again, you get out. you're going to see that continue to grow, and that's exciting. Now what about the, how did the Connecticut Forest and Park Association handle the pandemic, where when it's first started to where we are now? Well, you know, I'd have to say um, the, the, there's some good news around that because, oh. you know, so much of our work is focused on making sure that people get outdoors. I and know. even when all of, all sorts of things indoors closed during the pandemic, um, but the outdoors never closed. Oh. And, uh, and really, you know, over the last two years, last two and a half years, you have seen more and more people saying, you know what, it's really important to get outdoors. First of all, like during the pandemic, it was, I'm feeling a little stir crazy being indoors. I need to do something. Exactly. Um, but then when people were getting outdoors, they said, you know what, I actually feel calmer mm -hmm. when I'm spending some time in nature. Um, I feel healthier. I feel less depressed. Like there are all these things about right. getting outdoors that provided a really important support for people's quality of life. So, um, so we have done well uh, in that a lot of the work that we support has continued on and even increased mm -hmm. in terms of uh, people using uh, the outdoors. You know, we had actually a number of people over the last couple of years uh, join our organization uh, solely because they said, you know what, we have been using these trails for years. We never really thought about how important they were to our lives. Now we know. Right. Um, and so it's, it's comforting to hear that. Uh, we hope that support, not just for CFPA, but for the importance of the outdoors will continue to grow. Absolutely. Eric, would you mind sticking around for another segment? Be happy to. All right, we'll be right back. Hey, Bobo, do trees tell each other stories? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, why don't we go find out? Do clouds take naps? I couldn't tell you. Dad, do stars visit their friends? Look! Community TV. Your neighborhood TV. Publicly funded and a reliable partner for cable companies nationwide. It provides transparent coverage of local and state government, education, and public programming. A digital town green that can be watched anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Watch us on today's high-tech distribution methods. Community TV in Connecticut. Local. Unfiltered. Reliable. And, and yours. yours. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti sitting here with Eric Hammerling, who's the executive director of the Connecticut Forest and Park Association. Eric, welcome back. Thank you. Thank Good you, my here. friend. All right, so we talked about CFPA and the organization in the first segment. Let's talk about the segment. I guess you guys have something really cool coming up in June. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The first weekend in June every year 
is Trails Day. Now, it seems a little odd that it's a weekend. We call it Trails Day. If you can get past that cognitive dissonance, I, I just want you to know okay. that um, there's actually National Trails Day celebrated throughout the country, mm -hmm. but the largest Trails Day celebration anywhere in the nation takes place right here in Connecticut. And we're very proud at CFPA that we've been helping to coordinate Trails Day activities uh, now for about uh, t almost 20 years. Oh my gosh, it's wow. been like 20 years. And um, there are more events that take place in Connecticut yeah. than in any other state in the nation. We have uh, this last year, uh, about 200 events will okay. be happening on that weekend of June 4th and 5th. Okay. And we would encourage people to go to uh, trailsday.org. We actually, ah. we bought that URL. <laughs> we thought that maybe the um, you know, national organization <laughs> yeah. that, that runs it might, might own it, but we, we bought uh, trailsday.org. And you can see a new website that we've set up there with all, right. uh, all the different events that people can go to and choose from, you know, different types of events, not just all walking events, but there's, you know, pa paddling on the Lieutenant River, you know, okay. right out of uh, Old Lyme. There's, um, you know, uh, all sorts of biking uh, events. There's even some equestrian events. Um, so it's it's just a perfect time to get outdoors. Hopefully we'll have nice weather that weekend. Yeah, we absolutely. can control everything but that. Absolutely. But we've got wonderful volunteers uh, leading events and a lot to do. Absolutely, absolutely. So how did Trails Day start? Trails Day started, you know, so uh, we are uh, the um, the uh, the Connecticut affiliate of the American Hiking Society, and uh, okay. the American Hiking Society back in I guess it was uh, 1993, 94, okay. uh, said, you know what, we want to we have this new idea called National Trails Day, and we would love it if our affiliates in every state. Um, it did something locally. And from the very first year that uh, the, the idea of Trails Day came up, uh, CFPA has been you know, coordinating it and uh, making sure that there were lots of things to do. I think even in the first year of uh, Trails Day, there was something like 90 events that we had going on in various parts of the state. Mm -hmm. And those happen because um, you know, we have a lot of partnerships with a lot of different groups. Um, uh, uh, you know, as, as you know, there are a lot of land trusts in yeah. Connecticut, oh, yeah. and so you know, a number of land trusts do. Uh, you know, programs. We there are a lot of municipal park and rec departments that yeah. do programs, um, and uh, you know, I think there's such a love of trails in Connecticut that that's helped to really sustain and bolster the event. Uh, so we look forward to it every year. Absolutely, and I'm sure, especially during the pandemic, it was doable, but it wasn't doable because not many people wanted to get out. You're right. So, so actually, in uh, 2020, the first year of the pandemic, we we turned Trails Day into essentially a do-it-yourself uh, event. Right. So we we said, here are all the places where you can go. We're not going to ask people um, to host events right. and take walk because you around because you know no, people weren't feeling uh, safe doing that at the time. But last year, uh, you know, Trails Day was you know back again. We limited the number of attendees to 15 per event, um, but we still held the full number of events and it got people outdoors to do it. And it's been um, this year. We hope it's just going to be you know a full on 
uh, celebration. We, we know that there will continue to be, uh, you know, concerns about COVID, rightfully so. We right. want to make sure it's always safe. Um, but out, the outdoors and doing outdoors events has generally been the safest type of event you can do. Um, and so we're going to keep on doing it. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, last time you and I were together was at an event in October and your offices weren't open yet. That's right. Did you guys open yet? We, uh, we are open mm, okay. for staff, but not fully you're to not, the public. You know, we, we have, um, we just opened a few months ago, our community room once again, okay. uh, for the many organizations that use it. We, there are over 50 organizations before COVID were using our community meeting room for mm -hmm. various uh, purposes. And we're seeing that uh, type of use uh, start to happen again, but right. still, um, you know, because of the popularity of Zoom and all the, yeah. you know, remote ways, yeah. I know they, yeah. they're, they're, there's something that you miss <laughs> with being in person with someone like, you know, we are today, but right. um, I, in fact, you miss a lot. But, um, but it is such a convenient medium for people to, you know, have conversations without having to travel places that, uh, yeah. um, you know, a lot of people are just having more remote meetings these days. Um, but, you know, all these things go in, in waves. So we'll, we'll see a lot of people soon uh, say, you know what, I'm done with this, these remote meetings. Let's make sure we meet in person. Absolutely, yeah. Zoom meetings and remote meetings, I'm sure you know as well as I do. No fun. <laughs> well, it, they are, a, a, you know, it's it's a necessity more than right. it is uh, about the fun. But I, I can def definitely tell you that, you know, when we uh, talk about things as a group remotely, yeah. it's just a different feel. And, I, and I can say that, um, you know, the commitment that people have for each other is really reinforced when you are right there and can look someone in the eye and shake their hand. Right. And so, you know, I, I look forward to more of that. Absolutely, absolutely. So what else is CFPA up to? Well, um, you know, this is also a time that we're starting to think about, um, you know, all of the different uh, trail activities that are happening yeah. on the maintenance of trails side of things. So uh -huh. this is when, uh, we have a summer trail crew that's coming in. Um, th this is, you know, nine uh, people all in their young 20s um, who are going to be, you know, working for about 12 weeks with us on various projects all, all right. around the state. And, you know, part of what we see our role is, uh, is not just to, you know, take care of the trails with uh, volunteers, but also try to create some opportunities for young people to get connected to the outdoors in ways that will evolve into outdoor careers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll have our summer trail crew and then a fall trail crew. There's a new uh, trail opening that's gonna be happening up in Woodstock. We have, you know, a bunch of different things. Um, when you have a trail system that's over 800 miles um, and stretching across 96 different towns, mm -hmm. um, there's always a lot going on. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay, I'm ready. Out of all the state parks that they have in the state of Connecticut. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> you have a favorite? <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> I, I will say this because, um, and I'm not going to use the cheesy excuse of like, that That would be like choosing between my favorite children yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. But because Considering your son's here tonight. Exactly. There because my son is here tonight, <laughs> I will say that uh, my favorite state park yeah. 
is uh, Talcott Mountain State Park. Why is that? Because um, is that I, the observatory? Yes, they have ah, the, you know okay. high, high blind tower right at right at the top of Talcott Mountain State Park. And okay. I remember my son when he was uh, young. We would walk up the tower trail there, and there was a vernal pool with all these uh, really cool um, you know, salamander egg masses in them and all. And I'd say that it was one of the most um, amazing experiences to kind of do that with him, then get yeah. to the, the top and the incredible views. But all that said, Pete, um, I, I really can't choose, right? No, there, there's no, 110 state parks, and you know what I found to be amazing might not be what other people find to be absolutely. amazing. So, and I'm sure every state park has its own different, its own different. Some person, someone might like the ambiance of one, and someone might not like the ambiance of the other. Everybody's got their own their own opinion. Absolutely. I mean, you know the the. The, the state parks that get the most visitation are the shoreline parks that have beaches yeah, associated. Absolutely, with them. So, right? it, Everyone Rocky loves those Neck. those beaches, but uh, right, Hammonasset, Rocky Neck, Sherwood Island, uh, you know, Silver Sands, you, you name yeah. it. But um, if you're not interested in being at the beach and frying on the sand, right. you know, you might want to be in a forest in, in yeah. one of the inland parks. Absolutely. And so there's, um, there is something for everyone. One of the neat things about uh, parks and forests and wildlife management areas, other public lands around Connecticut, mm -hmm. is that because we're a relatively, you know, uh, densely packed state and we have all these uh, parks and forests, uh, no resident of our state is more than a 15-minute drive from a public land that they can get to Absolutely. and explore outdoors. So I would encourage people, if they haven't already done it, nope. uh, find those places and get out and enjoy. Absolutely, absolutely. And especially get out and enjoy now before the summer shows up. Right, when it gets hot. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's for me, it's the shoulder seasons that I like the best, yeah. mostly because that's when uh, yeah, there aren't as many mosquitoes and exactly. bugs that really love me for some reason. Yeah, yeah, me too. So, um, so yeah, spring and fall are my favorite times to be outdoors, but summer's not so bad either. Eric Hammerling, before we say goodnight, if you want more information on the CFPA, where are they going? Go to our website, which is ctwoodlands.org, okay. um, or certainly for Trails Day, go to trailsday.org. Lots of information there, and we hope people will get involved. Cool. Eric Hammerling from the Connecticut Farms and Park Association. Thanks for some time, my friend. We'll Thank see you, you soon. Appreciate it. Look you forward to it. that. On behalf of Eric Hammerling, I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks. Good night. We'll see you next time.